Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy hit me. You're a locked on Texans football analyst for today's show, man. We got, it's hot, man. It's a hot show that I, I hope you guys enjoy, uh, but we're going to be talking about what is going on in Houston's uh, front office. Now the hiring officially of Nick Casario. Uh, and so we're going to take a look at that early on, starting off with then the potential coaching matches that Nick will look at to bring in for head coach and maybe filling out other areas on this team. And then lastly, what does this hiring at general manager mean for Houston, uh, Houston's future and the staff? And more importantly, what does that actually mean for everybody's favorite villain right now, Jack Easterby? And I can't wait to dive into it. So let's go ahead and do that. Nick Casario officially announced to be the next general manager for your Houston Texans. Right. And a lot of mixed reviews on this hire and understandably so. But Cal McNair, who spent big money for his searching firm, picks the guy he wanted all along after interviewing the likes of Omar Khan, uh, Louis Riddick and others. Some quick facts about Casario before we discuss uh, the decision to name him GM. Casario spent 20 seasons with the Patriots, the last 13 as director of player personnel, Casario and the Texans executive Vice President of Football Operations Jack Easterby worked together for six years in New England before the Texans hired Easterby in 2019. As we may know, if not, uh, here's a refresher, Texans had tampering charges filed against them last year for trying to bring him in. So clear cut is day that Lewis Reddick, you know, was probably a product of the Rooney rule. And I hate that rule because it's a waste of time. Uh, but they interviewed him for no reason. They interview, any candidate that they interviewed for the general manager position was basically a front because they knew who they wanted the entire time. And I'll get to that. Also wanted to provide you guys with the duties of the director of player personnel, pro personnel. Job responsibilities include the bulk of contract negotiations with free agents, negotiating contract extensions with current players and scouting the other 31 NFL teams rosters. So first things first, right? Josh McDaniels would not be considered for the head coaching job. And I think that's good news uh, to take from this, but overall Houston got the man they've wanted for a while now, plain and simple. Uh, the way that they went about it doesn't make too much sense to me. And, I, and I'm sure it doesn't make too much sense to a lot of people, but a lot of Houston's decisions in the past hasn't made any sense. For one, you spend a lot of money for a coaching and general manager searching firm, right? And Cal McNair has the money, that's not the problem, but it was a waste. Not only was it a waste of money, but it was a waste of time. I think looking at the fact that this was kind of a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and can you stay for dinner type of situation, right? Meaning that they interviewed other candidates, none of which was called back for a second interview, no due diligence to get more information on the candidate, didn't think to have them back. Nick, Nick Casario, on the other hand, wasn't officially interviewed. Wasn't officially interviewed and got the job. Um, and I liked Omar Khan the most because of his experience with the cap, which we all know Houston will need. They will need help in that position. Sources close to the situation 
said, and Cody, this is going to probably heat you and the listeners up a bit, I'm sure. Sources said Jack Easterby made a big push on Sunday for this move. So there's that. Kudos to Nick Casario, but the problem we're having is when will you work to create your own identity and not bite New England style? Houston has jacked New England style for a very long time. Like they jacked the swag forever. I will say this. Houston's first pick in the NFL draft comes in the third round, which is followed by two-fourths, one-fifth, three-sixths, and one-seventh. Patriots drafted Damian Harris in the third round of last year, who finished with 702 yards on the ground in 10 games. In 2016, Joe Thune in the third round, 2015, Trey Flowers and Sack Mason in the fourth. So working with Beal um, in that draft process, Nick Casario has found some gems late, and I do like that. John, listeners, I don't know no other way I could put this, so I'm going to come out and just say it. I am extremely disappointed by this hiring. And there's no disrespect towards Nick Castorio. At the end of the day, this is a guy who has came from an organization that has been very successful over the past two decades. And But, John, the main thing I did not want to see the Texans do is to continue to try to replicate the New England Patriots. Where has that gotten this organization over the past 10 years? Nearly everyone in this organization or everyone who has came through this organization at, at, at some point has something to do with the Patriots. You look at Romeo Cannell, you look at Bill O'Brien, you look at Jack Easterby. How many times are they going to try to be the New England Patriots of the South? That's not going to happen. And it angers me so much because... Yes, the Patriots were a phenomenal dynasty for two, for two decades, but you're going to get that when you have the greatest quarterback of all time with arguably the greatest coach of all time. You don't have that those factors in Houston. And the biggest problem that I have with this is all of the BS that this organization has put the fans and their players through over these last 10 years is going to continue to happen because just like what we saw with J.J. Watt, the same thing is going to happen with Deshaun Watson because it's the same BS over and over and over again. And, John, before I give the mic back over to you, I do want to say this. Jack Easterby, ladies and gentlemen, we might as well just get used to his name because he isn't going nowhere anytime soon. I told you guys last time we was on the show that reports came out that said the new general manager was going to decide whether or not Easterby is going to stick around why would Casario fire the guy that actually helped him get this job? That doesn't make sense. So yeah, once again, it's, it's, it's going to continue to be a power struggle. Clearly, they're not listening to Deshaun Watson. I'm so disappointed by this. And like I said, this is no disrespect to Nick. You know, I, I'm hoping it's one of them situations where I hope I'm wrong. But nine times out of ten, I'm probably not. Well, we don't know that. All right. We don't, we don't. Yeah, you're like right. And, and I'm not going to lie. A lot of my emotions are coming off what they have done in the past. But once again, how often have they dipped into the new England Patriots organization and how many of those factors have worked? Well, it's just like the JJ Watt situation. When we look at it, we don't have a definitive. Yes. He's gone next year. We don't have a definitive. They did not consult with Deshaun Watson and maybe, uh, maybe Nick, you know, restyled it and had a, a clear-cut idea of what he wants to do. There's an article going around that Nick Casario wants to build the Houston way and not replicate 
the Patriot way. Now, I think a lot of teams around the NFL, of 32 teams, most of those teams try to implement something Bill Belichick has done in his 20 years with New England. And that's okay. Like, everybody wants to have some type of uh, winning Well, they're the blueprint them, for success. Right, no, and, and I get that. But Houston has taken it too far. And so I understand where your emotion is coming from. But we don't know a few things. And, and I like I wanted to point out that I like the success he and Bill Belichick has had late in the draft. Because why? Well, Houston is going to need that scouting ability. They're going to need somebody who's going to uh, scout. And one thing we can say is uh, if he takes anything away from Bill Belichick, it is understanding the needs of your team to make them better. But I think that's why in the last segment is very important to discuss the future of this team, because a lot rides on whether or not they can bounce back from this past season to next season on what happens in the offseason. Two names to look out for for the coaching search, because that is what is currently the next priority. They got their general manager, and now they have to look for the coaching search. So the two names to look out for, as mentioned yesterday, Jared Mayo may be on the move, and Brian Dabble. The Patriot tree might be coming to Houston, uh, but we'll see about that because Houston is still searching. And I know that that really doesn't sit well with a lot of folks that, oh my gosh, we just got got away from a Patriot head coach, and now we may entertain Another one. I understand how that feels. Let me say this. I'm not totally, totally against the Nick Casario hiring. I'm not totally against it because I do feel that everybody needs a shot to prove it. Same way with Jack Easterby. The only thing with Jack is he got a shot and he failed miserably. And it, it does bother me, and, and as it should everybody, that he is still around. But the coaching search is still going on. This is your Locked On Texans, your daily news in 30 minutes. And during this time, I want to tell you about 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNow.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at bluenow.com. The year just started, 2020 is mercifully over, thank God. And it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. We took a lot of losses last year, especially if you're a Texans fan. Took 12 losses, but you want more wins to kind of get you in a better mood. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. As we alluded to on yesterday, Deshaun Watson made a couple interesting comments on his way out during his media availability. And one of the things that he talked about, and we're about to get into it now, is Deshaun Watson said that he would love for Tim Kelly to stick around because he feel that he actually took a step forward in his game with Tim Kelly calling the shots. Now, I agree with that statement 100%, and I'm actually hoping that Kelly actually get another opportunity to showcase what he can do because we all said it time and time again. When Bill O'Brien was here, 
we saw the potential and how great Deshaun Watson could be, but we felt like he did not have an opportunity to come close to scratching the surface because we felt B.O.B. was holding him back. And after he got fired after that 0-4 start, we started seeing a different version of Deshaun Watson. And Romeo Cannell said countless of time, a lot of stuff that you see on the offensive side of the ball comes from Tim Kelly. So with all that being said, John, you look at the coaching staff and you look at everybody that's on here. I'm on board with Tim Kelly coming back, but I'm also on board with Anthony Weaver coming back. And I know that might throw you and a lot of our listeners off. And Terrell Adams said the same thing during his media availability on Monday that Anthony Weaver's defensive schemes were great, but he did not have the talent to go out there and have them executed correctly. I've been saying that a lot on this show. And he also knows how to put his players in a position to succeed on the field. You take a look at the year that Terrell Adams had. He gave a lot of credit to Anthony Weaver. And also, remember, we were talking a lot of noise about Lonnie Johnson Jr. early on in the season. Weaver made that change for him to go from corner to safety. And we started to get a sense of why the Texans actually decided to draft Lonnie Johnson Jr. in the second round, given the fact that it seems like that change helped his talents to flourish on the field. I 100% disagree with you. Uh, Nobody from the defensive coaching staff should return. And uh, I I say that because, you know, I think it's fair to say that they were all put in bad situations by the previous head coach and general manager. Did not do a good job of bringing in uh, explosive players in free agency, signed players that were mediocre uh, or average at best. Uh, Did not allow them to have players that they can bank on to make plays. If this was five years ago, maybe five or six years ago, then you would have that version of J.J. Watt, right? Uh, you would have uh, Jadavion Clowney if this was that year that Jadavion and, and J.J. Watt wreaked havoc. But you didn't have that. And you set Anthony Weaver. Uh, you set De'Anton Lynn, who, who got a promotion last year. And you set all of your defensive coaches on the assistant coaches on the defensive side up, but nonetheless, they didn't do a good job of putting their players in the best position. Whether we want to say it was uh, Keon crossing in a one-on-one situation or AJ Moore just did a misread. We just saw what happened in the last game against the Tennessee Titans with AJ Brown. He caught that big pass. Uh, So that leads me to agree with you on Tim Kelly, maybe returning. Deshaun wants it. Deshaun got this team to what number three or four in scoring per game around those numbers. He had a career year under Tim Kelly. And especially when Bill O'Brien was gone, Tim Kelly was actually able to have a little bit more fun calling plays with uh, Deshaun Watson. But I will say this, you know, Casario is highly thought of throughout the NFL. And I wanted to mention this in the first segment. I think he'll be able to push Houston into the mid to late second round in this year's draft and get some of those bad contracts off the books to help Houston. Now, but here's what I hope. He's knowledgeable enough to not do everything on his own and delegate duties to the men he trusts to improve this team. That's an issue we had previously. Uh, Number two is don't hire ex-Patriot head coaches. Plain and simple. The best head coach from Bill O'Brien's coaching tree, you want to know who it is? Bill O'Brien. And we know how that worked out, seriously. But here's Brian Dabble. Two stints with the Pats, last two seasons in Buffalo, did a great job with Josh Allen in that offense, 
helped them get to number two in scoring points per game. Uh, but that's not enough to persuade me, mainly because visibly the problem is the defense, which is why I wanted to state that I disagree with you to kind of set this up. The defense is the problem. If I know that, if you know that, if everybody, if everybody around the city of Houston, the media members, the fans know that, if the NFL media knows that, then Nick knows that as well. And bringing in his friend, uh, someone he spent time with, won't uh, be the right move in my opinion. Now, the Texans have requested to interview Carolina's offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, Tennessee offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who's done an amazing job in the last two years uh, creating Tennessee's offense to be very dangerous with their play action pass, along with the fact that you do have Derrick Henry in the backfield, back-to-back rushing champ, and Indianapolis defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. And I think if they would have to choose out of those three men, I'm going with Matt Eberflus. Now, they have not reached out to Eric Bieniemy, which is a shocker in the sense of your quarterback stated that he would like him to be his next head coach, but it's not a shocker considering that they brought in Lewis Riddick for no reason. Uh, and they also have not reached out to Robert Sala. Now, here's the thing. Eric Bieniemy is still preparing uh, for the playoffs. Now, they do not play this weekend and wildcard weekend, but I'm sure he's tuned in to scout every team that he could possibly, that they would possibly play uh, once they meet up in the playoffs. So he may not just be ready right, right now for Houston. He only gets one opportunity for the week. And I think that they may have just, you know, not have the opportunity to get on the same page. But Robert Sala, who's gotten interviews throughout the NFL, he's a guy that was actually on your, on your coaching staff uh, some years back. Top 10 defense for the 49ers this year, missing so many pieces. And I, th- I would think that he would be reached out to immediately over Matt Eberflus. So that's confusing to me, but a lot of things Houston Texans does are, are confusing uh, to me. But overall, I just don't want any ex-Patriots head coaches. If you're going to bring in uh, Nick Casario to be your next GM, who I, I just said I'm not totally 100% against, I think that you need to set a clear and definitive no on bringing in any ex-Patriots head coaches. And on top of that, I believe, this is my belief, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, your next head coach should be a defensive mind coach. And then you keep Tim Kelly because it's been proven your team offensively can put up the points. It's been proven your team defensively will allow the points. And before moving on, I just want to say I don't believe that the Texans are going to hire Eric Bieniemy, nor do I think they're going to interview Eric Bieniemy because, yes, Bieniemy is getting ready for the playoffs, but they haven't stopped the Lions and the Falcons from sitting in their request to interview that guy. So, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. All we can do is just hope for the best and just hope that whatever. I just hope that they do not waste another great player's talent. And the funny thing about it, as I mentioned yesterday, the odds of them landing Eric Bieniemy is 16 to one, I believe. So <laughs> if Vegas sees that, then, I mean, the possibility of them knowing something or just understanding that it just, here's the thing, Houston, Houston, when you look at the, the availability in the NFL to kind of step away from the Texans in a sense, you have the Jets, you have the Jacks, and you have the Chargers. Now, 
The Jags need a franchise quarterback. The Jets are teetering on whether or not they want to move on from Sam Darnold. But the Chargers have offensive weapons. The Chargers have defensive weapons. If I'm Eric B. Enemy, maybe you guys just don't have enough for me. Maybe you guys are just not where I want to go. And that's that's and that's fair. And Andy Reid's coaching tree always works out better than Bill Belichick's coaching tree. They're a thousand times better, mainly because they put themselves in the best position for them. And I don't think for Eric being to me, Houston is the best position for them. Yes, you would have a Deshaun Watson who just had an MVP type of year. However, how many holes on this team needs fixing? And we know with black head coaches or first year head coaches, uh, they don't get too many opportunities. They don't. And like I said, especially with black head coaches. So I can see him in a situation where he doesn't even want to even look at Houston's way because it's just not attractive to him. But those odds are pretty funny. The NFL season has been wrapped up. The playoff picture is clear as day. We get wildcard football on Saturday. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust to make your bets. And that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Before we get out of here, we definitely have to talk about Houston's future, right? And how the, the soul of the franchise is, is kind of slowly deteriorating. And I'll say this, only reason why I say this is you had a overhyped offseason that led you to a 4-12 and season. You fed the media, the fans, even yourself a lot of BS in that franchise. We're going to be good in this. We're going to have exotic looks because I want to put players in the best position to win, and I think this guy can do this. And I'm going to bring in a free agent because he's dependable. I hate that word. Dependable in, in the NFL is tweener for me in the NBA. I hate it. And energy Can guy. he play? Energy guy. And scrappy. Energy guy and scrappy. Energy guy in the NFL is scrappy in the NBA. And I hate those. Can they play football? Can they play basketball? What is What the hell is a tweener? What is a, a dependable guy? Can they play ball? Can they effectively help your team win games? If not, then I don't want to see them. But we were fed a lot of that BS uh, in, in the past. Right. And that led to a four and 12 season. A lot of things in the past led to where Houston was last year. You can take a look at the DeAndre Hopkins trade, but I think only overall we had a thousand yard receiver and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller would have been well over his way of a thousand yards. So I don't think that was a problem. And the offense got better without Will, without DeAndre Hopkins. But you can also look at the Jadavion Clowney trade. Uh, You can look at the Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Steele's trade. Kenny Steele's is no longer on this roster. There's so many things that have affected Houston in the past, and I haven't even got deep down into it. Those are a lot of the surface problems that has put the future in jeopardy. And now uh, the franchise is deteriorating because if you know the Houston Texans fans and the fan base from all coaches and walks of life, you have the Caucasians, you have Blacks, you have Hispanics, everybody pours into the Houston Texans as fans and Corona did try to stop a lot of it, but I went to a game, man, and uh, there were a lot of restrictions, but they were still out there repping their team, but they're pissed. 
They're pissed about Jack Easterby still being here. Uh, they're pissed about wasting time of other candidates that would have made more sense with more experience. I loved Omar Khan because of how much he knows how to work that cat, man. He's a wizard. Uh, but now we have to live with the fact that for the time being, Nick Casario will be the general manager for the Houston Texans moving forward. Is the future bright for Houston or is it dark? Will they be competitive and competent or will they be lackluster and lowly? And the answer to that question is nobody knows. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like I said early on in the show, you know, the best part about Nick coming to Houston is the fact that this is a guy who has been part of one of the most successful organizations in sports over the past 20 years. Um, but, you know, how I feel about Houston's future, I think right now is just a, if I could put this in like weather terms, it's like a forecast. Just It's just cloudy right now. You know, there's a 50% chance of rain, 50% chance the sun could come out and everything could be good. I, I honestly don't know. That sounds a lot like Houston's weather. So, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it makes it sense. Does. Like, it makes Houston's <laughs> weather, Houston's future, right? It makes sense. Exactly. You know, so I feel like this would go either way. The only thing that bugs me about Nick coming to Houston is the fact that Jack Easterby isn't going anywhere. And even if Nick and... Cal McNair takes some power away from Jack Easterby. The fact that this guy is still part of the organization is still going to rub a couple of the players the wrong way because I know there is a broken trust between him and the players in this organization. And John, one of the things that I keep listening to you say is the fact that this is a guy, he has a niche to find all of these diamond in the rough and in, in, in the late round draft picks and all of this all of that is good and I know he and I know the Patriots are known for doing that kind of stuff but what I do want to say is this I want to pose a question how much of those diamonds in the rough that the Patriots found was more so Bill Belichick's and not Nick's hey that's a very fair question and I'm, and I'm glad you said that before we got here because We've seen Bill Belichick turn Tom Brady into the greatest quarterback of all time, and look where he was drafted, right? We've seen Bill Belichick rejuvenate Randy Moss and put him in the best situation to have a career year. We've seen Bill Belichick rejuvenate Corey Dillon, and, and I'm glad I wanted to mention those two players and LeGarrette Blunt, who won a Super Bowl twice with New England. Moving forward, if Nick Casario is going to bring anything to this team, it has to be understanding dependable guys are not going to win you championships. You have to bring in dogs, right? Dependable guys. He's a nice guy. He shows up to work on time. He shows up to work an hour early. That doesn't always win you championships. There's a story about Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, who struggled in Philly, um, who had a career year this year, might I add, had a very good year and shout out to him, but he was getting up at four 30 on the jug machine. Okay. That's nice. And you had a career year for yourself personally, but where are the Raiders? Look where the Raiders are. All right, so if he's going to bring any mindset, that's understanding that we need a good mixture of good guys, right? We're going to need somebody that may get a DUI. <laughs> We're going to need somebody that may be in the news for, for all, all sorts of types of crazy things, that, unless it, it takes it too far. But look at Houston's uh, track record with bad guys quote unquote bad guys 
how they would look at it. They would get rid of them. They would try to shut them up. They would trade them if they did not like you, especially in the Bill O'Brien era. Now look at the Patriots track record with bad guys. For God's sakes, Aaron Hernandez was on that team. <laughs> oh, hopefully, no, seriously. Him up. But I understand where you're coming from. See, he was on that team. They went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's Albert Hainsworth was signed, and he didn't necessarily turn out good for the Patriots. Neither did Chad Johnson, who uh, was signed to the Patriots. And well, he had a reputation. Albert Hainsworth had a reputation, but those are some of the players that they may or they may not. But you got to understand, you have to mix your quarterback. You have to mix your team, your DNA. This is the NFL. This ain't Pop Warner. This ain't middle school. This ain't high school where you want to try to hold everybody accountable and make them shave their mustaches and make uh, wear ties, suit and ties. To the, this is not that. This is professional. And you need some dogs. And that's one thing I hope happens in the future. Bring in some dogs that may possibly get tossed out the game because you touched that quarterback the wrong way. Like you had a late hit and they came over and they smacked you. That ain't ejected out of the game. Bring that over. Bring that over. Come on. We need that. We need that. This is Texas. And I'm going to tell you something about Texas and Houston streets, man. It's rough out here. I tell you this though, today is Wednesday. And once you are finished checking out the Locked On Texans, you need to go over and check out Locked On NFL and take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rappian are joined every week by Locked On Draft Experts to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On Texans wherever you get your podcast, which include, you know, the major platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. With that being said, I am John, some sports guy, Hickman, your Texans Locked On analyst. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.